I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Coach Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 158. And actually, I would argue your senior pastor is a bad person funding you buy it if you don't need well, it. Well, I, th- I think that argument can be a slippery slope. A couple other responsibilities along with my youth pastoring. Which basically means that you run everything that the senior pastor doesn't, which I get. This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team, week by week, day by day, however you like. This devotional is for church tech by church tech. Learn more about rebuilding on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week on the podcast, we hear from Church Mag reader, Church Mag podcast listener, and super awesome all-around Church Tech youth pastor YouTuber, Wayne W. We talk about Phil's previous statements of those youth pastors who have the church purchase them a MacBook Pro so they can, you know, message people on Facebook in multiple browser tabs. If you have some thoughts on this or would just like to take a moment to have some fun, we would love it. You can email us directly at podcast at churchmag or use the churchmag podcast hashtag cmagcast. You can even record your comment or question and send it to us. We'll be sure to play it on an upcoming episode. Now, let's get into some fun. Welcome to another exciting in the Church Mag podcast. Eric I here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. Wait, not just and Phil Schneider, but also Wayne. 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 Welcome, Wayne. T- give, give us give us your full... Please state your full name, Wayne. Uh, my full name is Wayne Charles Rosinski, and I have no idea how to spell my last well, name. We're, we're just... <laughs> well, Wayne, um, you came on today's podcast... Because you were replying to a hashtag, to, or replying to the CMAGCast hashtag about Phil. You made a comment, was it last week? Or the, no, it would have been or the week before. Which podcast was it? I made it numerous times, actually, so it's okay. Yeah, well, you've said it multiple times. You, you talk about the youth pastor with a MacBook Pro who surfs Facebook and watches YouTube videos. Yeah. Is, is, that, yep. is that how it goes? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of Phil's go tos. He's got he's got a various various bins that he pulls from every podcast, and that's one of them. And Wayne wanted to know on Twitter if this made him a bad person. <laughs> I think it depends. <laughs> I mean, isn't that Jeremy's job? Jeremy's supposed to ask the questions and coax it out to help people realize whether or not they're a bad person. I mean, I guess it depends on on uh, why Wayne has the MacBook Pro and how Wayne purchased it. Uh, well, uh, Jeremy also mentioned wanting a drone and not knowing if he needed a drone. And, and my thoughts are that nobody needs a drone. But they're they're fantastic. Um, I have a MacBook Pro, um, the one I currently have, because I took classes at Full Sail University um, and design stuff. And the the GI Bill pays my tuition, and included in tuition oh. is a MacBook Pro. Fantastic. See that there, you're in, you're, you did design work. So the MacBook Pro is just your toolbox. Absolutely. Right. So like my commentary is on watching and going to pastor conferences and watching a bunch of youth pastors who don't even know what like Photoshop to them (laughs) is like they're thinking of like the Broderbun software, like the photo banner software from like two decades ago because they had in grade school and uh, they bought a MacBook Pro because it's what all the it's what all the megachurch pastors have. And uh, they want to be cool like that to get my uh, my Doug Fields on. So they all bought MacBook Pro. And they use those to engage their students with on YouTube and Facebook. I'm like, do you know how to actually use that computer to its fullest uh, potentiality? Uh, I've got YouTube and Facebook open at the same time, bro. So I think I do. Yeah, you know, multiple tabs is where it's at. Yeah, multiple tabs, and they're and they're church foot of the bill. That's that's what kills me. Right. 
So yeah, that, that's that's where my comment was born out of watching all these uh, YPs pull out their uh, their two thousand dollar laptop. Let's assume let's assume that he does not use uh, Photoshop and design. Are we saying he's a bad person then? I like how Jeremy's like, okay, so that, 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 there was no tension here. Okay, now let's create the tension. But it's not being a bad person. I just think it's wasteful. And actually, and actually, I would argue your senior pastor is a bad person for letting you buy it if you don't need well, it. Well, I, th- I think that argument can be a slippery slope because some people would then say the same thing about getting even a Mac, you know, that they're overpriced. Well, no, because I think there's reason we've talked before. There's reasonable reasons for buying for buying a Mac. You know, if your church is all like our sound with computers a Mac, so it makes sense for the for the all the staff to have you know computers that are fully compatible, and it's what our church uses for the most part. So, if the if the church made that decision and want to buy me pastor a Mac computer, it's fine. But my contention is that arguing for a souped up version of anything when you don't need that, right? You know what I'm saying right, and th- and that's what that's where you're coming. Is birth from because you yeah, know exactly. a lot of a lot of uh, pastors, youth pastors, especially youth pastors, um, they they get a lot of the extra duties dumped on them, and it might be church website, it might be you know and that's, Facebook and that ads, stuff legitimate. like that. I just I haven't seen that. And like okay, conversely, let's put it like this: it's like the kids pastor who asks his church to buy him Logos uh, Gold Edition. You know, uh, hey buddy, hey buddy, you're working kids. You're not going through the you know the Greek root words. Okay, slow your roll, buddy. Slow your roll. So wait, tell tell a little bit about yourself, man. Um, well, I have uh, been helping in youth for uh, the last, since I was 16, so like 20 years, um, doing it vocationally for the last two. I uh, love editing video. Um, and the drone is one of those things that I thought, man, if, if I ever fly one, that'll either teach me that, yes, I really, really, really want one or I don't need one. And then I had a friend who had one. Um, so I borrowed that and then I really liked it. So I actually had an old MacBook Pro. I traded him that for his drone when I got a new one from Full Sail. And then I crashed his drone um, and sold a drum set to buy a new one. I live in Longview, Washington, uh, where it rains uh, for nine months out of nine months. And then the other three months of the year, it just showers. What? You, you, hear, you hear that, Phil? Wayne is uber thrifty, man. The church isn't, foot, isn't footing his bill. <laughs> well, hey, I just like the fact that I heard him saying like, he edits video on the MacBook. So right there, he's justified his purchase. So I'm good now. We're, we're, there's no issues here. Here's what I heard is that he is specific time, and it's even earlier there than it is for me. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, snap, man. It is. I, I set three alarms to make sure I was awake this morning because I, I usually get up at five because that's that's when I do a lot of my video editing. Um, so I can still see my family during the day. But to be ready at five minutes, getting up before five, I was like, man, I'll set three alarms to make sure. Whoa. <laughs> so are, are you, what, what is your morning beverage of choice? Water or orange Gatorade. Wow. Really? Yeah, I, oh. I, I, haven't, I haven't had caffeine much since I was in the Navy. Um, and we'd get underway, and I'd run out of 50 senses, and then I couldn't buy Mountain Dew, and I'd have that three-day headache. <laughs> and I thought, this is a bad idea, so I'll just stop drinking caffeine altogether. Wow. That's crazy. I had a buddy who's in the Army, and he resisted drinking coffee off of the Army because they, they call it a lifer juice. Right. And you drink coffee, you're in, you're in the Army for your, the rest of your career. Um, and so he, he never drank it, but now he's a teacher with me and he's been doing this for 17 years. And he's like the past like three years, I drink a lot of coffee now. 
Hi, Jeremy, you got a psychological analysis on this? Uh, so, Wayne, as far as... Wait, 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 Wayne, real quick, our, our quick uh, church mag disclaimer, in no way do we endorse uh, Jeremy Smith uh, as a professional counselor on this podcast. <laughs> All right, you go ahead, Jeremy. Even though I'm licensed in a couple different states. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're, not, we're not paying your malpractice insurance right now. So. Yeah, that's true. Nor, nor are you licensed in Washington, I'm just saying. I, you are correct. Um, so as far as you're taking that role in church and you're, you're doing the, it's associate role or youth pastor? Uh, it's an associate role. I have a couple other responsibilities okay. along with my youth pastoring. Which basically means that you run everything that the senior pastor doesn't, which I get. Uh, as far as that role and trying to do everything in that, in that, we talk a lot about church mag of having to manage that process. And so, how do you see technology helping the church? Because you kind of have your hands in a little bit of everything. What do you see technology doing well for people? Uh, yeah, I see uh, a lot of areas that we can use it and a lot of areas where we, uh, I would say, overemphasize it at, at times. And I, I know it's it's important. Um, I'm one of those guys where one week I'm like, yeah, let's have motion backgrounds that help us connect. And then the next week I'm just like, let's have a black screen and not be distracting. I don't know if I've made up my mind on uh, where I stand there. Um, but there's, there's a lot of things that can be useful um, to us in, in the church tech world. It's something that I can easily make more priority than I think it needs to be um, because I enjoy the gadgets and the gizmos and all that. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's the thing of trying to keep it useful as a tool without being the most important thing. Wow. I, that, that is an excellent perspective, I think. And where, you know, we're interested in the gadgets, right? But then being also at the same time being very mindful and being responsible and asking the tough questions, you know, does this add or does this take away? You know, does this create new problems? Does it solve any current problems? You know, which is greater? And I think that that is a, a very, a very healthy approach when it comes with technology. So often it seems like what we hear is, you know, this is the new thing. This is how you have to do it. Everyone get on board. Serious fear of missing out, that sort of thing opposed to, you know, trial and error. And I, I really appreciate your approach, you know, like using the motion backgrounds, for example. A guy like Phil, when Phil watches a motion background, he's like, you know, what's going to happen next? You know? It's it's actually, it's like, I think this thing's moving up there, but I can't tell because I'm colorblind, so I can't always see it all. So I'm like, is that is that moving or are there ants on the screen? I'm not quite sure what's going on up there. Right. The, the, the guy that does most of our graphic work at our church is colorblind, too. Really? Oh, yeah. man. And I, I assist him in that. So sometimes we have conversations like, is this, is this blue to you or is this purple? Oh man, brothers in neutral colored arms. Right. Sometimes that can make, um, sometimes that can even make you a better designer because, uh, you, you always make sure that you have the right kind of contrast and stuff. So yeah. but, uh, that, or what if the, what if you design a logo with a color scheme you hate cause you saw it wrong and everybody else loves it. <laughs> that's not my vision though i wanted to oh man and like it's, it's the logo everyone loves that logo and you're like oh crap. literally literally that's not my vision it's my greatest fear right there guys so wayne in the in the world of church how do you feel we talk a lot about on this of that tension that happens in church and i've unfortunately made it known many many times about how much i despise that politics in church um and church tech a majority of the time doesn't have a place at the seat to have those arguments. They kind of get that secondhand 
role of whatever the church tells me to do, I guess, is what we'll do because they're in a volunteer position. And so they don't necessarily get to speak into that. And even if they are staff, it's limited. Um, how do you, and kind of going off this whole rule of the tension of Mac is terrible and you should never own it. Otherwise you're a bad person. How do you feel like that should be communicated in the church whenever you're working with an associate or senior pastor and, or is there a role and you should just kind of hang out and just see what happens next? That's what Jeremy does. That's that's why we have to edit so much of the podcast because he acts. That was a big question. This, this huge, I know. <laughs> he doesn't do small ones, trust if me. If it wasn't for Jeremy, this podcast would have like no content. I'm terrible at small talk. That's fine. Um, I, I think a lot of times as a volunteer, there's, you know, there's a pastor who has has his vision and isn't always thoughtful about what it takes to, to do that vision. I know there's been times you're volunteering and the pastor wants a quick two minute video um, without realizing what kind of work that takes for, for a volunteer to, to put together. Um, In our current situation, we have um, two campuses. We're we're a fairly small church for two campuses, right around 300. And the worship pastor oversees a lot of the tech stuff. And I assist him with that. So we actually have two people on staff who can speak into um, what it's actually going to take to, carry out some of the, the, the visions from the, from the senior pastor and the campus pastor. So it's actually a really great situation that way. Yeah. What else was there in your question? Which is kind of unique for a church to have someone on, on staff that can speak that language. Um, and you've probably seen this working with other people that they don't have the opportunity because when you have, I mean, you do vlogging, let alone the fact that you fly drones and other tech stuff. So you understand that culture, whereas other churches won't have anybody. They'll be super knowledgeable about every interpretation of Greek, but they don't understand how to take a presentation of a service that much further or why we should invest in a budget for computers. And I think that that's the difficult tension in that process. So you have volunteers that are like, I'm not sure if I should ask for money to upgrade the system because I think it would be a good thing, but I know we're struggling financially and we've had extra offering requests. And it's just, I think that there's that frustration working within church tech of what does that look like and how do we approach it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think a lot of times the things that we um, decide we need, um, look like toys um, and not tools to everybody else. And even, even with having a drone, a lot of people be like, man, that's a great toy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's actually a tool and, and it's a lot of fun. And, and sometimes I just go fly it for fun, but I, I, I use it um, in my blogging and I've used it for some church video. So it, it actually is a tool and it serves a purpose and, and I know why I have it. Um, so I think as, as tech people being able to know, the reasoning why we have something will help us when people are like, Hey, that's, that's a great toy that you just bought with the church's money. If we can think through that process and, and think about why we need this and why this would help our ministry as we, as we present the gospel to those in our communities. What, what kind of, what kind of creative things have you been able to use the drone for, for, for the church? Um, in August we do, um, most of our baptisms at one time and we meet at a, at a baseball field down the hill from our church. Um, so I've got some, some video of that for our video stuff with the drone, um, just taking pictures and videos of, of the church buildings for our website and for Facebook stuff. Um, and also sometimes just for sermon quote pictures, which I know is completely unnecessary to buy your own drone to take pictures for backgrounds of, of, of scriptures. Um, 
but it's been a lot of fun to have places in our community and in our forests around here that people can recognize um, as backgrounds for some of those. That's really cool. I, I can only imagine what it must be like. You know, you, you don't go to your church and you're you're searching through, and and one of your friends who does attend your church shares shares a, a scripture verse or you know whatever a, a slide that you've created, like you said, and the background looks great and. It's recognizable. That that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know, I I think the discussion of tool versus toy is is getting more and more important because as um I, I think as people, for example, my I've got, I work with at high school, and so my students do not understand the value of money, and they don't understand the discussion of tool versus toy, and those uh, fidget spinners that have come out in the past year. You've mm-hmm. seen those. So those are really for people who have fidgets or have anxiety issues who need something kind of or uh, hyperactivity issues who need something to kind of occupy their hands, keep themselves calm and focused. And to to if you counted the fidget spinners, you would believe that like thirty percent of my students have anxiety issues because <laughs> they've all bought these things. And the, I don't mind them except the fact that when I'm I'm going through material in class, I hear. <laughs> From every corner of the room. And one day, one of them was like, I guess he must have broke it. It was, it sounded so gravelly. I thought Darth Vader was in the back of the room breathing at me. So I, I that's a question there. We're like, okay, for, for this kid over here who has an actual issue, that's a tool. For these five kids over here whose parents buy them whatever they want, that's a toy. Take it home. Hmm. I do think that it is important to realize that those things are made to entertain as well. Um, cause if they were just designed as a therapeutic model, they wouldn't be as prolific as they are. And that's the same thing kind of with technology, right? Is they have to be a bit entertaining, even if they need, are also supposed to be useful because otherwise people wouldn't buy them because capitalism, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the number for people with anxiety is actually about 45, six, 45 to 50%. Yes. But in, uh, public schools, if you don't have it documented, you don't have it. Oh, absolutely. I totally understand. Unfortunately, they need to go get it documented. I, I think that concept, the the toy versus tool, is fundamentally where you where you draw the youth pastor with the MacBook Pro from. Is it not? Phil? Exactly. No, exactly. That's the essence of the entire thing. So many of them have this device because it's like it's cool, and maybe and, and it's been a while since I've been on these conferences. But maybe one out of four of them use it for its actual intended purpose to actually create, and the other three just use it to consume. Like the most labor, the most uh, resource intensive um, you know application they open might be Pages or Keynote to prepare for Wednesday night sermon. Which could be done on a MacBook Air, which is what I actually use and do design work on. I just thought of that. So there you go. So when 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 people refer to, for instance, your drone as a toy, how do you approach it? How do you respond to them? Sometimes I smile and nod, and and sometimes I'll I'll discuss that that I that I use it for a tool, and and that's why I have it. And <laughs> smile and nod. <laughs> sometimes I smile and nod with a subtext squid. Yep, ain't you jealous? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it's I think it's it, he he quickly registers whether or not the the uh, the concept would would stick or not. 
Yeah, I think it was a pearls before swine situation. I mean, have you ever had anybody come up to you directly and say, you are a terrible person for buying this? Like, have we ever had that kind of conversation, MacBook Pro or drone? Other than Phil. Um, no, I haven't. And I, I think my MacBook Pro lives in my office most of the time because I also have an, an iPad Pro because I'm, I'm that guy. Um, I actually bought my first iPhone because we had a priest on his board. You're pro. Like four years ago. And, and you have to have an iPhone to use it there. And um I took that first little bite of the apple, like, oh, these these are good things. So now I'm totally an Apple fanboy. But yeah, most most of the time, the the drone uh, isn't around people that would be judgy like that. And the MacBook Pro is in my office. Um, I have found that being uh, kind of introverted and not loving talking to people I don't know, the drone is a great way for me to talk to people I don't know. Uh, because if, if it's a sunny day and I'm just down by the lake or, or in the city center, um, flying people are generally impressed and I get to talk to people and, and tell them why I use it. So, um, it's been actually really cool to, to start conversations because I, I love talking to people if I have something to talk about. You know, I actually, I feel the exact same way, Wayne. I love talking to people when I have something to talk about. It just so happens that most times in the public, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, Wayne, tell us uh, tell us about your your vlog. You know where we can find it, and then also maybe even your church website because every uh, maybe I'm the only one. I'm I'm curious to to look it up and check it out. Um, absolutely, our church website is easthillsalliance.org, um, and in my vlog, I usually do a vlog every every Saturday. It was, and then it was every other Saturday. Um, I'm fairly inconsistent um, with our current situation. I'm an interim youth pastor, um, and we're, we've had a candidate come through for the lead role that is open at our church, and uh, that's fairly stressful because that kind of means I don't know what the next couple months hold. But uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Wayne WRZ because I don't expect anybody to spell my entire last name. Um, and I, yeah, I, I vlog there uh, once a week and also do a, a, a Bible study video, um, which because um, John Jorgensen does the Internet's favorite Bible study, um, I, I claim that mine is the Internet's second favorite Bible study um, that cannot be backed up by any statistics um, because about four people watch mm, it. And, until, until this week, and then it'll be six. That's right. I'll take and it. I, and I get to claim the status of being one of those four, so I highly endorse it. There you go. There you go. That's true. Me and, me and Jeremy have been YouTube buddies for a couple of years now. That's, that's Jeremy's uh, little millennial moment there. Like I knew, I knew him before he was cool. <laughs> what, what what do you call fellow YouTubers? Do you call them YouTubers? I don't know that. Tube dude, yeah. Fellow YouTuber. That's good enough. Just like gamers, fellow gamer. Right. So let me just also clarify that for those people that think that we are pro. Apple, because this is a stigma that's been thrown around a couple of times that Church Mag hates Apple. It's absolutely true. We're very pro Apple. We're absolutely pro Apple. Hey, that w- I thought you were. They were I pro- hey, were I'm pro- working hard for a corporate endorsement here, Jeremy. Shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you are 100% into Apple, right? I have no. I have, my daughter's got a, a Kindle Fire, and I've got an old Kindle with keyboard. But other than that, I have no non-Apple products. Yeah, so you're pro Apple all the way. So Absolutely. People, there you go. It's not out there. It's just that he's wrong. That's all. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris said that in the back channel that we were known for hating on Apple, which I, I understand that Apple users they're like uh, either you uh, drink the Kool Aid or you hate it, but <sighs> it's just not true. The only. The only the only Apple I've, I've been hating on is the recent change to require dongles for everything. Watch your mouth. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> right? How filthy is that word? Yeah, I mean, our house we have we have Windows machines, Mac machines, 
Androids, iPhones, iPods, Kindles. I'll say this: I hate Windows. I will go. I will buy a a Chromebook before I ever go back to Windows. See, th- this this I don't understand because I've I've used both, and there's not actually that big of a difference. People, now here, here's yeah. the pro- Here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you work tech support for three years <laughs> and nothing ever works because it's all powered by I, Windows. I'm, I'm talking I, about I, my personal because my, the problem my the entire problem software Windows. package at work was powered by by MS Access. And I'm like, if they can't make their database program work, I'm done. See, this is this is why you know, when my mom would want to know what kind of phone she should get or a computer, I just point her towards Apple because Apple is a mysterious sealed box that once you open it it's you can never put it back together it basically it's 99 percent of the time you know and so well jeremy's in the one percent but i know jeremy i think i think you've had too much like lead in your body or something yeah. like, i'm always in the one percent always. always all your macbooks break and i'm like how do you break i'm i am the clumsiest man alive i fell on my first macbook shattered the screen and it still worked for three more years you hear that wayne he's not the second clumsiest man in the world he is the clumsiest oh, man in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I ran into a door, guys. <laughs> I've had stitches three times. Phil ran into a door that was open. Okay? That's that's how clumsy he is. I was eight. But anyway, I, I'm very clumsy. <laughs> you're like a Labrador puppy because you're going to be so tall. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be huge. But I, I, my legs, I can't coordinate you're, them. They're just, you're they're like eight years old and you're wearing size 11 shoes. Yeah, we, we get it. Uh, it's Wait. 14, sir, but that's okay. Well, you know, all you have to do is say something that's a little bit spiteful and then just kind of sit back and watch the place burn. All you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. The Dark Knight was based on the Church Mac podcast. It was actually, um, it's actually a biopic. Jeremy's the Joker and, um, I'm Harvey Dent. So that's the, that's kind of tragic. And really, he's not that bad of a guy. I don't know why they framed it that way. <laughs> Phil, what am I? Oh, I'm the uh, VO. I think, I, I, I think you're Commissioner Gordon, man. No. I don't know. Yeah, Wayne's, Wayne's coming in as Batman. He's he's not the hero yes. we, we we wanted. He's the hero we deserved. <laughs> Wayne is the bad guy in this situation. Wait a minute. No, I think I clearly Phil was the bad guy in the situation. He's the he's the one that has a ton of money and is going buying Apple products. He is the bad guy in this situation. It's, it's very true. You are sound. You do sound very Bruce Wayne-ish right there. It's true. It's true. With his yeah, I, his bat drone, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, my I have a slight obsession with Batman. Actually, that's pretty funny because like we run Personas, and so every week they're like, uh, "Hey, who has the the Bat phone?" Because my iPhone's name is Bat Phone. Nice, nice. Well, I think Phil should be the bookworm. I'm sorry, the what? The bookworm is that a Batman character? I'm unaware of this character. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What? You're the bookworm. Yes. Is that a, is that one of the rogue? One of his rogue, gal, rogue gallery of rogues. Look, I I just I just know what I saw on the animated series. That's oh my, that's I Google this. Pretty sure. Google it. See, I I really hope it's there now, Wayne. You're even Wayne. You are Batman. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is terrible, Eric. I can't believe you said this. <laughs> said what? <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, you mean by looks? Eric, I mean you Eric, read a lot. Get a what? hobby. What, what are you talking about? His okay, no, no. Bookworm is from Batman: The Brave and the Bold. That's a terrible cartoon, Eric. Shame well, on I, you. I, I, what Bookworm, are you talking about? Bookworm was also in the 1960s television series. Yes, I don't think he ever appears in the comic books, though. 
Um, but yeah, he's 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 in the 1960s series. So Eric, either you're super older than I thought you were, clearly, uh, or you're a child because he's in the Batman Brave and the Bold series. That's weird. I could have swore I saw it in the animated series. Well, Brave and the Bold is animated, but it's that crappy new version that's terrible. No, I mean, I mean the old, the I'll, older animated um, one. I'll look it up further. The good animated one. Yeah, the Bruce Trim one. That's right. I know who called, I know who drew it. Bragger. Who voiced Batman? Phil, you win. <laughs> who, who, who did Batman's voice work? That's Kevin Conroy. Because you know why? He is the best focal Batman. You're dogpiling now, Phil. I am. I absolutely am. Wayne, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now our people's feelings hurt, and we have to research. Is that where we're at? I'm, I'm researching. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm finding this character. <laughs> You're done dogpiling? Eric, can you understand how that hurt Phil's feelings? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> Phil's feelings are hurt. My feelings are hurt. Phil, can you understand that that's being a childish baby? <laughs> hey, Stop do it. You, do you realize <laughs> Roddy McDowell played him in the in the 60s TV series? He's played by C-3PO. Yeah, I don't see him in the comic books, buddy. He's, 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 he's a different character, uh, appears in the Huntress comic books, and a different character appears in the Deathstroke comic books. Uh, I'm using the same name as, as Bookworm, but he's not in the Bruce Trim series. You've been Mandela'd, my friend. Okay, so is this like bad enough that I should edit it out or leave it no, in, le- on, leave it in there just, to shame me? That's a, that's, that's a, tra- that's a end of the, that's the after the theme music tag devolution. Definitely don't. Definitely don't put that in the middle. Cause no, because no. that'd be great. The episode, the, the episode of Wayne's on is episode no one wants to listen to because there's some sort of weird Batman diatribe in the middle of it. Right. Don't, don't put it in the middle. Then Jeremy won't be able to find it because he just listens to those things. He never listens to the actual narrative. <laughs> I really don't know what they say about me because I only listen to the beginning and the end of it and then I move on. Like, yeah. Well, mostly because you experience. All right. Any final thoughts and wrap up? Guys? Wayne's been absolved from all um, all of his uh, sins of having a MacBook Pro and a drone. He's good. Excellent. Real question: Have you forgiven Phil? <laughs> he's he's so so matching that tension right back up. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You'll find a link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's churchmag, churchm.ag. Please leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, tell your church tech friends about Church Mag. Until next week. The real question is how fast can I make him cry? Oh. How fast do you want him to cry? When Phil says it, it sounds like a joke. When Jeremy says it, it sounds serious. <laughs> it's a, when Jeremy says it, it's a diamond hard thread. Right? <laughs> the Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. Wayne is on. Whoa. We're just talking about how we make people cry. Yeah. I love making people cry. It's my third favorite thing to do. Third favorite thing to do. Woo! What's your, what's your first? Kill Mockingbirds? Mockingbirds.